welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I am your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and our producer, Lindsay, in the studio at AM 1470 KBSN in Moses Lake. And we are also streaming live on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube site. Hope you all had a safe holiday, 4th of July weekend. Um, it was epic in many places lots of big fireworks shows i love it i love celebrating our country's birthday 244 years of freedom independence i love it let's keep celebrating freedom today uh so popular we have david michael back on the phone or back on the line with psychology fitness um my wife loved interviewing him and had so many more questions for him she wanted to have him back so uh, david are you are you with us I am, Sean. Great to be back. And Janet, thank you for your curiosity of wanting me back. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. So let's go ahead, David, and go in kind of where we, you know, just uh, sum up what we what we did a few weeks ago with the uh, the brain, body, breath, and the four Ps. If you could go through those, and then Janet has some more specific questions for you. Yeah, so um, that's so. Psychology Fitness is all about it. We created this clinically proven um, program that we train the brain, the body, and the breath uh, to help you look, feel, and perform better. And we've actually verified it, validated it with over 98% efficacy rate with over 1,000 people now to come to the program. And so what our contention is, we call our B3 methodology. So our brain, our body, our breath. We call on these three things at a high level uh, to perform at a high level all day, every day, yet we train them completely independently. Our brain, we go to school, we sit in front of computers, we take webinars, we read books, and we're sedentary most of the time. Our body, we go to the gym, we usually want to forget about our day, so our brain usually tunes out, and our breath, it's involuntary, so we typically don't even think about it. So my, con my contention is how can you possibly ask three things to perform at a high level together if you train them separately? And so that's what we created what I call our Fit system. Same as for Psychology Fitness, where we engage the four Ps. Um, the first is we, we take on your biggest frustration or problem. We then activate your physiology to, in order to change your psychology from a neuroscience perspective, so literally from the inside out. And because of that, the fourth P has to happen, which means your perspective changes from now going to tunnel, narrow, fight-or-flight-driven vision to huge 180 view. You can see your solution. Um, and be empowered to take that step in the solution to solve that biggest frustration or problem in 45 minutes uh, or less. That sounds so impressive. So um, I was really caught up in the excitement of your program, and um, one of the things that I have just embraced is the fact that we do need to incorporate all those things, all three of those things, to actually make change because I feel like there's so many people out there that have a wake-up call, um, whether it be uh, emotionally, mentally, or physically, and somewhere along the line they fail or they feel um, like they can't overcome the um, journey that they need to get to to be healthy. Um, and quite frankly... Our focus in the past uh, months has really been on helping people get through some of those issues. And, and one of that lays heavily on my heart, and I know yours too as well, Dave, is that we have a country who is embraced and, and not 
not totally, but we know it's not true that um, we, we, we need to deal with the weight problem in our country just because of the cardiovascular, but also the emotional and the mental side effects of this. And um, last week we had a wonderful person that came on and was able to share his journey of, of what needs to happen for him to have um, a weight loss. But one of the things he said to us was, he wanted to be able to live. He wanted to be able to get out of his house and actually live. So one thing that hits me really hard is once they've had that wake-up call, how do they get past their fear? Yeah, so this is where 100% and, and you have to have a coach of some sort in your life. If you are serious about your life, you need people that are further along, that know more than you, to step into your space and help you out. I, I'm a huge proponent of this. Like I say, coaches, even coaches need coaches. I'm a professional coach. I have coaches that I work with every single week that help me. So my first piece of advice, hands down, no matter what your budget is, you can find someone that can coach you, someone that can start spilling information into your life, someone that can sit there. I did it with a client earlier today that can offer a solution that's right in front of their face, but you can't see it because you have this myopic vision, either because you're fight or flight driven or because you don't know any better because your perspective has been shrunk because of the world that you've lived in for 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. So yeah, first step is get some advice, get a coach, you know, but again, be careful, like, because there's a lot of people out there that don't have your best interest in heart. Um, they just want to make money. Uh, they call themselves coaches because they took a, a weekend seminar, and all of a sudden they're a life coach. Um, you know, they took one, pers one nutrition certification, and all of a sudden they can tell you about everything to eat. Like, anyone who tells you they have it all figured out, run as far away from possible as from them because if I've learned anything in my career is the more that I know, the more that I learn, the more that I know nothing and I need to learn so much more. So I would say, yeah, Janet, the first thing would be is just find a coach. Um, you need someone to help you along the journey. Um, and again, it doesn't matter what your budget is. You can find someone. But it, and, and I said this to another client today. I was like, if you don't have your health, you have nothing else. So um, what 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 kind of program, I know yours addresses this, but what kind of program is going to, um, uh, what are the pitfalls besides you say, you know, run, but, you know, we have to really deal with that psychological thing because I, I feel like one of the things I hear repetitively with some of um, the people that we've dealt with is that, you know, they feel like, what's the point? You know, I've already lived this many years in my life and how do they get past that and how do we psychologically say I'm no longer going to live in this fear I'm not going to shame myself anymore I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make this challenge um, and I'm going to defeat this emotion or this replay button yeah Janet so there, there's so much to unpack and in, in, in what you said there there's just so much truth in there um a lot of stuff that people are going to deal with are, are, are like justifiable fears, you know, fear of failure. Like one of the clients I spoke to earlier today, same thing. He's been on and he's been on an on and, on and off journey of weight loss, 20 pounds on, 20 pounds off for decades. And now we've been working together for about four months. He's kept the weight off. He's in a completely different place, but it's because he's using different tactics, right? This is the one thing I love to teach as, as, a, as a psychologist is tools and tactics. Because you can't use the same tools.
tools that you created the problem with. You, you have these old tools that created this old problem that you need new tools to solve the problem with. Otherwise, you will keep repeating the same thing over and over and over again. This is why I say it's, it's helpful. You know, I, and I'm not even promoting my services. I'm promoting coaches in general. Coaches are Good coaches are on the cusp of all the good newest research, newest technologies, newest things to help you figure out. And a coach's, per, a coach's job is to have perspective, to look at your life and see things that you can't see and offer solutions for that. Um, because here's, and this is funny, I don't believe in coincidences anymore. I literally coached my team on this this morning, um, and, and I'll, I'll give you the PG version of this little phrase, but I say F your feelings. F your feelings. Why? Because your feelings will lie to you over and over and over and over again. I don't feel like taking this on. I don't feel like I can do this. I don't feel like it makes a difference. I don't feel like there's going to be any light at the end of the tunnel. I, I already came this way. I don't feel like changing. Like, you need someone to call you out on your feelings, but you need to also be cognizant of your feelings. And this is why I say, you know, for me, you can't change your brain without changing your body, and you can't change your body without changing your brain. There's no way. How do I know this is probable? How do I know this is not even probable? It's true. Is that and this is why I created this psychology fitness? What I'm saying, the revolution, is because the psychology industry has been treating the brain and brain only for decades. Now it's great and it works, and I believe in cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm subscribed to it. One of my one of my mentors is a therapist. I've gone to therapy a lot, but if it worked so well that we wouldn't have people dealing with the same problems for 5, 10, 15 years. Why? They're trying, to they're trying to change their brain without changing their body. The same is true when you reverse it. We have 71% of people fail their New Year's resolution that's, that's built around wellness going to the gym. Why? They're trying to change their brain with, without changing, or trying to change their body without changing their brain. You're trying to use a tool to change the wrong thing. It's like going, it's like going to try, try to change a tire with a hammer. You need more than a ha you, you can't use a hammer to change a tire. You need more tools to change what you're actually trying to do, and the tools that you have in your toolbox now don't work. So I think it's a, it's a realization of that, that you have to bring on new tools. You have to bring on a, a coach of some sort. You have to bring on you know, new knowledge of what's going on. And the biggest thing, and this is where I say for me, there's a reason why I called it psychology fitness, not fitness psychology. It's a psychology first approach. There is no other approach. Trust me, if there was, it would have worked and someone would have patented it by now. It doesn't work. If your brain isn't trained first, if your brain isn't changed first, your body has no hope because you will run out of discipline, you will run out of focus, you will run out of motivation. Every person talks about this. And if they're saying, that, if they're saying that's not true, those are the ones that you run as far away from as possible. So that's a good point, David, and, and um, thank you for being back on again. I, I really uh, was looking forward to another show with you. So give an example of how you can't, I forgot how you worded it, but how you can't change yourself with the same habits that you were doing before. Will you explain, how do you reword that and, and go into an example of what you mean by that? Um, okay, we'll say, like, I was dealing with um, a client with, sleep stuff last week. Uh, and so, you know, this person has been doing this. this, this so they, they're, 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 their problem is uh, drinking too much liquids late at night, and so that's forcing them to get up all the time in the middle of the night. So originally they were drinking all these fluids because they needed to stay hydrated, so that was a big thing for them. So now they've, cre they, they've solved the old problem of being hydrated with this new, this new solution, the newer solution of drinking, like, up until bedtime. Now the problem is they have a new problem. 
The new problem is they keep waking up in the middle of the night because they're, they have to pee, right? So you can't look at that old, that old solution, which is keep drinking up until, you know, you go to bed to solve the new problem. Why? Because that actually, that new, that old solution created the new problem. So you have to come up with a new solution for the new problem. And I think what a lot of us do is we look back into our old toolbox and we try to solve these problems with what we already have. Again, this is why it's funny because I keep coming back to coaching, why coaching is important because you have to have someone who has a, a, a robust tool belt. Like, I, I think of Batman. Like, Batman had the best tool belt ever. That guy had a tool for everything, right? He, and then, and then um, I forgot his, his, his assistant's name, the two assistants' name, but the one guy kept creating these, creating these new crazy things for all the new problems that he anticipated Batman would have. So Batman never came into a problem without a tool belt solution. And so that's what I feel like that's all I do. That's why I call it tools and tactics. I'm just literally having my clients give get bigger tool belts because I don't want, and this is, uh, and this is where I'll also put this out against coaching, if you're going to a coach and you're solving the same, you're trying to solve the same problem you did three, five, ten years ago, you need to fire that coach. I tell my clients, it's like, if we don't solve your problem and you're still talking about the same stuff with me in three, in a year, three years, fire me. Please fire me. Because like, I'm not doing, your, I'm not doing, your, I'm not doing any service. Right. Like and, I've run out of tools. And that's a powerful statement. And I, I guess your point is, is that, you know, once people change their brain, they they shouldn't need. Um, they should need a coach the rest of their life. Is that what you're saying? I mean, to solve that same problem. Uh, I like, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, ideally, so I subscribe to cognitive behavioral therapy as a psychologist, and that, and the whole point of CBT is to empower people to create the changes in their lives as they go forward. And or what they, or what we say is like, give someone agency, right? Agency means like a representation of them for their life. That's where the word agent comes from. You, know, you bring it down in the Latin, it means representative. So you need to represent your own life. Take, take control of your own life. Have agency. So no matter what problem you come up with, you're like, oh, I've already solved you know, the weight problem before. I can now solve this problem of sleep. I, can now, I, I know what to do at least. I know, or at least I know where to look to start my journey. I don't have to sit there you know, by myself, lonely, and have no clue of what to do. And, of course, we know where that leads. That leads to the people that Janet was talking about earlier. They're, they're just depressed. They feel hopeless. They feel helpless. No, we got to empower our clients. And like I said, I use CBT because that, that's my, my background in psychology. That, that's right. And that will be a good transition for our first commercial break. And as always uh, at Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, we like to educate and empower our consumers and listeners so they can take charge of their own health care. Um, here's our first commercial break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Hello and welcome back to the second segment of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. If you missed the first segment, uh, we have David Michael on with us uh, talking about psychology fitness. We had him on a few months ago and was so popular, wanted to have him back. So David, are you still there? I am, Sean. All right. So Janet, what, what more questions do you have for David? So I wanted to, to move on a little bit to... Um, Kind of a comment I've seen on your Facebook, um, and basically what you were talking about was it's okay for us to be selfish with our health, um, and I feel like many people put their health on the back burner, 
Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, their food intake, their sleep in, or, or whatever it is. It just, I feel like as Americans and as, as a group that sometimes it's like overlooked. So am I catching on to something that you're, you're um, trying to overcome with some of your clients? Yes, um, some of my clients, my friends, myself. Um, so health is, is typically something we do put on the back burner. It, it, it can become an afterthought uh, when it comes to like you know COVID, it, COVID time that's happening. We're in, we're like there's the boundaries between work and home are completely blurred. So unless you have a very set schedule, you can sit here and I mean I have many of my clients, including myself, are working 12, 14, 16 hours, 16 day hours because of these blurred lines. Um, but what I like to think of is that, you know, I, I talk about two different, like, analogies for it. Um, either call it the cup analogy or the airplane mask analogy. But the, the baseline of both of them is you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. You have to be selfish in order to be selfless. If I have a cup, Janet, and I want to give you some, I want to pour some water from your cup, from my cup into yours, I can't give you what I don't have. So if I haven't filled my cup up with patience, with gratitude, you know, with, 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 with um, you know, clarity, with focus, I can't give you what I don't have. So if I'm not sleeping the, the amount that I need every night, I'm, I'm not going to be focused and clear and patient for you. If I'm not getting my workout in, my brain is not going to be activated at a certain level that I would expect it to be, so I can't help you. It's why they talk about airplane masks. You need to put your mask on first before you can help someone else. The same thing with even talking about CPR classes, doctors, ABC. The D stands for danger, assess danger. First responder classes, same thing. If you run into a situation trying to help someone, because most of us have good hearts and we want to help people, but you don't take care of yourself first, you end up not only hurting them, but hurting you at the same time and probably pushing yourself back further. So I tell people, I was like, everyone has this bad connotation of the word selfish because, yeah, some people take it to the extreme. But if you're doing it in a way where, you know what, I want to serve at a high level every day. I want to serve my clients. I want to serve your audience at the highest level I can. I know personally I need to make sure I'm eating the right foods. I need to make sure I'm getting enough sleep. I need to make sure I'm hydrating enough. I need to make sure I'm moving enough. Otherwise, I'm not focusing. I'm not performing at a high, high level, and I'm actually doing a disservice to all those people around me and to my calling overall. I agree with that. I think we kind of have that a little backwards in healthcare right now. I don't think we live the walk. We tell our clients, you know, in five or 10 minutes, this is what you need to do. And the toolbox is empty. So I love what you have to say, because I think most of us can identify with, you know, whether, oh, I have to get this accomplished and this accomplished and this accomplished on your list. And you're at the bottom. But we need to reverse that to where, you know, our health has to be at the top versus the bottom. And then everything else will come into line and your job, your relationships, your self-image, all those things will, will come together is kind of what I'm hearing in what you just said. Is that correct? Yeah. And I even look at it like I don't have children myself, but a lot of my clients do. And I look at it going, what are you telling your kids to do? You're putting your kids to bed at a certain time so they get enough sleep. You're trying to give them the healthiest food. You're telling them to go play. You're telling them to go be with their friends and socialize. Are you doing those things? Like you're trying to tell all these, because you know the, inherently you know these things are good. Socializing, going out, being, being, uh, being with others and, play, and playing, you know, eating well, sleeping well. But we don't do it for ourselves. Same thing, and, and I have some clients that are doctors too. 
Same thing with them. They're working these insane hours and telling their and telling their patients to sleep more. And I'm like, how are you telling them you're not sleeping as well? And and, and listen, I'm a coach. I fall into it as well. I'm a business owner. There's some days that I'm not getting the optimal sleep that I need to get. I'm not getting the hard enough workout because I'm not making time for it. But when I step back and I realize how can I serve at a higher level, the highest level that I want to serve at for what I'm called to do, there's no way that I can't do it without what I call the fundamentals, eating, moving, sleeping, breathing, four fundamentals, four pillars. If you're not doing eating, moving, sleeping, breathing properly all day, every day, you have no hope of serving at the highest level you can, and you're actually doing a disservice to all those around you that are calling on you. So you're actually being selfish in the wrong way. Because you're actually you're taking care of you're not even taking care of your own needs, which means you can't take care of someone else's. And there's the cup analogy again. Well, that's the one thing I appreciate that, David. That's a, those are some great points. And I think when we just like you said, if we really you could put, you could say that not sleeping right, not eating right, not moving or exercising, and doing that right, you could say that that is selfish because in the end you are hurting yourself and you're hurting others around you because you are not going to perform at optimal potential in, in many different areas of your life, most areas of your life. Um, and I know having kids myself um, and dealing with weight issues myself over 10 years ago and being on and off with my weight for 15, 20 years before that, um, my kids were watching. And, um, I, yeah, and it's amazing how impressionable they are. (laughs) And I love to see families being active together. And it's just, it's just so, it just makes my heart happy. And, you know, my kids are 18 and 20 years old now, both boys. And for years, I haven't had to tell them to go to the gym or tell them to exercise or tell them how to eat because they watched what I did. And I just think about how that wouldn't have happened when I was 60 pounds heavier and morbidly obese and having all kinds of, you know, obesity-related issues going on with my body, as many Americans do. If I wouldn't have changed my habits, I have to wonder if my kids, you know, my kids would have followed my patterns and been obese themselves. Do you have any comments on that? Yeah, I mean, Sean, you hit the nail, like, perfectly on the head right there. And this is where the old adage, you know, actions speak louder than words. You can tell your kids all day, every day to do this kind of stuff. They're just going to watch you because here's the thing. They're watching you when you don't even know it. They're watching you in those micro moments. And the thing is, and this is where the psychology gets really interesting, is when you start doing some deep dives in co- and with cognitive behavioral therapy and, and, with, and with clients, you start seeing how these little moments in life, this little time they saw dad sneak into the kitchen at 1 o'clock in the morning and, like, woof down a bunch of ho-hos, that, like, that was, that was something that they latched onto, and they created a story behind that. They, they created a story, and they gave a story meaning, and that meaning went on to affect the next 15 years of their lives. Like, there, there's so much going on. I had a, one of my best friends, longtime friend, and, and a client of mine, we got him to lose 110 pounds. And I got another client who's on track to do the same. And the reason we had to get, like, we had to play the, I call it the seven, the seven whys game. We have to keep getting why, 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 down to the true why of why you want to do this. And, and one, my one client, my friend, was like, I don't want my two girls to grow up thinking that this is okay. It's, it's okay to be oh, this obese. It's okay not to have my college degree. 
you know, and, and then one of my other clients, the same thing. I said, well, why do you want to lose all this weight? And when we got really down to it, he says, because I want to be around for my children. He has two young children. He wants to be around for them. Because he knew being at the weight that he was, he was basically just like shaving years off of his life. And I was like, okay, that's a why. That gets you excited to address kind of what Janet was saying earlier. When you have that level of why, and this is why I say you got to have someone, a professional, needs to help you with this because a friend is not going to be able to get there with you. You have that level of why, you, get, you do screw your feelings because you don't care how you feel. I don't feel like going to the gym today. I don't feel like eating healthy. I don't feel like getting to sleep. You know what I do feel like? I feel like being there for my kids. I feel like being around. I feel like showing up at the level I should be showing up. I'm getting passionate now. This is what gets me going right now because I'm sick and tired of watching people make these decisions and, do, and operating from the wrong why, the why I should be doing this. No, you shouldn't be doing anything. Quit shooting all over your life. I should do this, I should do this, I should do this. No. Get a real hardcore why that you really want to do this and then build on that. Have that be your accountability. And sometimes you've got to get in clients, you've got to keep clients accountable for that. Like my one, one client this early this morning, it was, account, it was accountability for his young son. I was like, do you want to be the kind of dad that your dad was or do you want to be the dad that you know you can be? Boom. Mic drop. You don't need to say anything else to the client. The client's like, I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. I, I think you bring up a huge, huge point because so many times Sean and I have heard this, whether it be at work or, or with friends or even on our, our program, that you know, that accountability with your friend or your family member may not be there. So if, if that family member is bringing home the food that isn't healthy for you and, and is tempting you, that's something you're going to have to deal with because um, that's a hard bond to have, have to break. break. Um, so a coach is going to have to help you get through that, but that means you have to be honest about all the activities that are happening around that too um, and how you are going to be able to handle those uh, roadblocks. Wouldn't you say that's what you see sometimes with your clients? Yeah, and that's why they need more tools. That's why I'm, that's why I'm not with someone 24-7. We're not with someone 24-7. You are the only person that's with yourself 24-7. If you have a robust tool belt, no matter what thing comes up, you have a tool. You're like, oh, here's that tool for that. Oh, here's that tool for that. And Jen, you made a great comment about the accountability towards someone, towards someone in your family. I mean, that can work up to a point, and I'm not saying that doesn't work, but there's another philosophy, and this is a, this is a philosophy in coaching, it, where, where people pay attention to what they pay for. Right. If you pay someone to keep you accountable and keep you motivated and keep you all this kind of stuff, you're going to be more invested in it. I've even had this conversation with my girlfriend. She's like, well, why am I not getting the results that I want? Because you're not listening to me. Well, why not? Because you're, I said, honestly, because I'm your boyfriend. And, um, and he's like, you're not paying me. And she says, well, how do we solve that? I said, give me $1,000. She goes, that's insane. I said, but you're going to pay attention all of a sudden because you're paying me now for my advice. You will 100% do everything I tell you to do because you paid for it. You assigned a value to it. So it's assigning value to the coach, assigning value to the system that you're taking on, assigning value to the why, why you really want to do this. Right. And then, yeah, go ahead, David. Janet, you said it perfectly. Just to wrap that, that thought up is that you don't want to hurt someone else's feelings if they're your, if they're your, your partner, if they're your family, if they're your friends. It's another hurdle you have to clear for behavior change. That Behavior change is hard enough. 
take as many hurdles away as you can. So don't don't worry about like you're not going to piss the coach off. I tell my clients, I'm like I'm like I want you to challenge me on everything. Challenge me on everything because if you don't believe what I'm telling you or you don't believe in me, this will never work. That's right, and you know I can tell you personally, I, I have a I have a coach um, that helps me with my mountain bike racing, and one of the reasons I do pay for the coach is because he makes me accountable. Um, I know that every Monday he looks at my workouts and sees how I did for the week, and makes comments and suggestions and builds new workouts, and I don't really want to disappoint him. And it's and I can tell you though when I I'm kind of on my own, and I've even mentioned this to my wife. I've said, hey, well, make sure let's 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 go to the gym together, you know, tomorrow or whatever. I can tell you it's a lot easier to not be accountable to her than it is to my coach. Um, and I don't know if it would work if I said that she had to pay me a thousand dollars to coach her. I don't think that would work. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, she has, my, my girlfriend hasn't written the check yet, so I'm sure it's not working for us either. It was just one, one suggestion. I threw it out there to, to put some levity to the, to the conversation. Another thing I wanted to bring up too is you said something about, you know, to, to be a role model to your kids, the, the why. And if it is, I can tell you that one of the reasons I changed my habits is because I, my kids were um, getting a little bit older and I knew that they were going to become teenagers and I wanted to be able to enjoy my life with them. I wanted to be able to, to play baseball with them, to play football with them, to, to bike with them. Whatever sport they chose, I wanted to be able to do that with them. And, yeah, and I will tell you, um, you know, we had – you know, uh, we had a, a caller on the show or a guy on the show a couple weeks ago, a guest on the show a couple weeks ago, um, and he had weight loss surgery. And, you know, he – obesity is serious. I mean, if you – you know, he had a heart – he had congestive heart failure when he was 45 years old. So, yeah, I mean, you think about that. So people that are, you know, morbidly obese, it, it can happen. You can have a heart attack in your 40s because that – you know, or – Many other disease states, and it's. Um, I'm glad that he's changing his his um, life, and he went to the surgery a few days ago, and we're going to have him on our on our podcast later this week for a midweek podcast to follow up with him. Um, and and another thing I like what you said, David, is that it's not just about showing up. Oh, great! I showed up to watch my kids play baseball. Okay. Did you play baseball with your kids? Do you practice with your kids? You want to be in optimal health so you can. At least I'm speaking for myself, but it sounds like you have a lot of clients like that. It's not just about showing up and watching um, and eating food on the sidelines, watching your kids. You want to be active with them. Is that what, kind of what you're saying? <clears throat> yeah. I, I look at it like this. It's like, do you want to be an observer of your life or do you want to participate in your life? Well, that's an easy answer for me. Yeah, like, I mean, Sean, to, to your credit, that's the thing, like, you, you got a why. You're like, I want to be able to do whatever sport my kids want to do. That's my why. That's why I get up in the mornings. That's why I go to work. That's why I do, do I put it in the hard, the hard reps, the hours, the better, the better diet, because that's your why. That's a strong why. Like, we're, we're working on a, a new um, product right now uh, for, for seniors, and one of the things that I got, we came up with with a why was, is like, do you want to be at your grandchildren's wedding and sitting in the corner and having someone spoon feed you freaking food in a wheelchair? Or do you? Oh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get emotional. I was like, or do you want to be on the dance floor dancing with your with your granddaughter? It's uh, your frigging choice. That, that's right. And you right know, now. That's right. Right now. So true. It does not have to end up that way. So let's hold that thought, David. No. We're gonna go to our uh, second commercial break, and we'll we'll be back in a few minutes. 
Hello, and welcome back to the final segment of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where you can find us every Monday streaming 1 to 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Next week, just to let you guys know, we will have a guest on, um, Amber Wentworth. She is um, big into the keto diet. She follows a lot of our keto stuff. And as you know, last week's guest, our biggest show ever uh, with the Castros, um, how a gal's a little girl's life got changed, um, going from 25 seizures a day to uh, seizure-free by going on the keto diet. So I'm going to be talking to Amber about the keto diet. And um, if you have, if you missed that episode, go check us out on the podcast forums, um, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, all the podcast forums. Uh, like it, share it, comment. We appreciate it. Um, you have helped us, viewers and listeners. You have helped us with having over sixty thousand impressions um, over the last few months. So we are super, super excited about that, and we thank you for that. So you're making this show bigger and better all the time. We really appreciate it. David, do we still have you on the line? Yes, sir. All right. So I am. I am so glad that we had you back on the show, and I realized why we had you back on the show because we could talk for hours because uh, you get passionate. <laughs> yeah, you get passionate just like I get passionate, and I and I and I love it. So let's talk about it. And and people, you were kind of mentioning a little bit, but. Uh, you know, people just think that aging is normal. And I'm not saying we can, you know, there's an anti-aging formula. But that doesn't mean that we have to live in a wheelchair. That doesn't mean that we have to, you know, be confined, confined to a bed. Um, you know, I want to be... I want to be playing football with my grandkids, maybe my great-grandkids. Who knows? So tell us... Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, so this kind of goes, like, this. maybe when Janet was asking the questions about, the, about coaching too, you have to have in your space, like in your life, you have to have what's possible there. So if you're surrounded by a bunch of people that are, you know, are overweight, are, you know, taking five pills a day, you know, don't participate in sports, eat crappy food, are unhappy, complain all day, you are going to be that person. You're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So if you don't have people in your space that allow for the possibility to be like, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be 42 this year. And like everyone looks at me, they're like, there's no way, dude. We got you like 10 years younger. I'm like, no, but I'm 42. I, you know, I, I've, I've been super fit my whole life. It's not because of genetics. My genetics are terrible for that kind of stuff. It's because the other two-thirds of my, what I owned is, is working at it. So you have to be put in these spaces where, you're around people who make it possible. Like, it's possible to be, you know, 80 and playing football with your great-grandchildren. If you, if you know someone like that, it's possible. Like, I have people in my life, I'm really blessed. Like, I got a, one of my movement mentors is 60, and he, he climbs as a professional. He, he literally climbs professional grades. He climbs, like, the same level as pros do at 60. One of my other mentors is 65, and she's doing hit classes. Like, it's in, like you need people that are in your space that create the possibility around that. Because if you don't see it, our brains don't work. Like most of us, 70% of us are visual learners. So if we see something, we have a more smart chance of, of being able to understand that we can actually learn it and do it. But if you never see the possibility, particularly it's got to be in your life, not through Instagram, not through social media. It needs to be more visceral. It needs to be actually in your life. So if another thing to seek out, too, is it could be mentors as well. Like, I think everyone should have mentors, people that they look up to that are just further along in whatever that thing is. 
I have mentors in all sorts of different uh, arenas because I want people that are smarter than me to, to pass down the knowledge, just like I want to do to my friends, my family, my clients. But yeah, it needs to be possible first to be. It needs to be possible first to be probable. That'll be the tweetable bite. There you go. Yeah, write that down, producer. I totally agree with that. Um, you know, one of the things I think that you touched on is um, my uncle, who was in his 90s, had a girlfriend that was 93, and she would go to the nursing home to visit the old people, and that's what she believed, and she lived her life. Um, so I, what what I'm hearing is that you surround yourself with people that make your lifestyle possible with the decisions that they help mentor you with because you gravitate 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 towards people who who are motivating you to stay on course with that or what what you want and i think sean and i've talked about this a little bit about being the proximity principle That's like right. in coleman because whether you want to be a journalist someday or whether you want to be a fitness coach or you know whatever you're aspiring to you look towards those people that achieve those things and you gravitate towards them yeah, in, in proximity principle, Ken Coleman. If you guys haven't read that book, read it, um, because if, if you want to be like somebody, or you want to be a mountain bike racer, or a fitness coach, or you want to be a broadcast journalist, then you hang around people like that. And we talk about it on this radio show all the time, proximity principle. And to the same, to the on the same subject, if you're trying to stop drinking, or drink less alcohol, or or eat less, um, you know what? You better not be hanging around alcoholics. You better not be hanging around obese people that have eating problems because it's just going to make it tougher. And I know this this does not sound very nice, but it's not about being nice. It's about your health. And remember, if you don't have your health, you've got nothing. David already said it. I will reiterate it. If you've got your health, you've got nothing. And that includes wealth. Without health, you can't have wealth. And even if you do, for how long are you going to have it? So what are your thoughts, David? Just one amen, Brother Sean and Sister <laughs> Janet. Like, yeah. If, if, if I love the fact you brought up the alcoholic one. And, and I'm not saying that you have to discard all of your friends right now because they're all unhealthy. I'm just saying maybe spend less time around them because you they don't have, they have triggers. You, they're triggers for you. They're taking on triggers. And we don't have, we only have a certain amount of willpower. Our willpower and our discipline is very, very finite until you hack the code of enlightenment. Like, and most of us don't have that. So it's like set yourself up for success. Hang around people that are eating, that are going to the salad bar instead of going to McDonald's. You're going to eat more salads. You know, hang around people that are being more active because you're going to be more active. Like, it's super simple. And the proximity principle, yeah, it's, it's, you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. So it's like hang out with better people. Like, give yourself the chance. And this, this is another tool and tactic. This is what I'm saying. These are not, I'm not, you don't have to get, like, super nuanced for some of these tools. One of the tools could just be hanging out with more people that you admire. Find people that you admire and go after them. Like one of the things that some people will go to coaches for, and I've had coaches like, tell me this, is like, they're like, I want your body. That's why I want you as my, as my coach. I'm like, sweet, because why? Now I'm the representation of what they can accomplish, and I'm with them. I'm encouraging them. I'm giving them the tools that I use to get them there and also like, keeping them accountable, keeping them motivated. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a lot of this stuff, a lot of stuff is not really, it's not really hard. I should well, say it's, it's simple, but it's hard. It's simple practices, but it's hard to keep these practices unless you're giving yourself this platform to build on of 
being around the same people, listening to listening to radio shows like this and getting information from people that work, like finding those that you admire and hanging out with them more often, hanging out with people that, that maybe have the habits that you don't like. Um, if I can make one book recommendation quick, though, for you guys, uh, if, if, if people are looking for longevity, it's called Ikigai, I-K-I-G-A-I. It's basically a study done of super centarians. So these are people that are living to their 80s, 90s, 100s, and, and they're crushing it. And so Japan has two of these populations, ironically, in their blue zones. Like blue zones are the places in the world people live the longest, right? And this is a very short book, but it will tell you there is a, there is a magic formula to live to 107 and be driving at 107. Like these people have figured it out. And guess what? It's no surprise, guys. <laughs> it's being around people. It's being active. It's eating the right foods. And I'm not saying being active, going to the gym six days a week for two hours a day. I'm saying go garden, go walk, do something, move. Like this book lays it out really, really well, and it's, it's a great encyclopedia, I would say, even though it's so short, of all these little things that you can do. And it's like, okay, let's start with it, it is possible. So many people in there are literally like 107. They're still driving. Right. I think I think you touched on something that I, I've been – probably preached at since I was a child. My parents would always say, go outside. And I think as human beings, we have a relationship with the outdoors, but we don't always access this. And I think a lot of those people are active and they get out in the sun and they get out and do their gardening and they do activities outside. Yeah, every every day. That, that's also one of the secret sauces is that every day they're outside. And they just get, yeah, and just get out. some way, shape, or form. Yeah, here's... Yeah, it's, 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 Go ahead, David. Oh, go ahead, John. No, I was, I was, that, that's it. Like, that's, it's, 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 again, these tactics sometimes are not, they're, they're simple. Get outside. Right. Oh, my right. God. That's and like, it. You, like, just get outside. You'll feel better. Right. And like you say, simple, but not, but, but hard. Because um, if yeah. not, we wouldn't have an obesity problem if it was easy. But um, one thing about being outside that my, my, uh, my best friend and twin brother told me is that, you know, when, when you're outside, you're not near food, so it's harder to eat. Oh, think wow. about think about that. <laughs> and he said, you know, he says, well, so remember, Sean, when we were growing up and we were outside the whole time, we weren't near the food pantry, so we couldn't eat. So, you know, and, you know, by the way, sitting sitting in front of the TV or, or you know, in front of a screen and playing video games all day um, doesn't doesn't isn't active and i don't care if it's the we if it's the we is not even popular anymore i don't think but you know um because one of the problems is is you're still inside the house where you have almost an unlimited food supply it's your proximity principle how close are you to the pantry when you're inside <laughs> and they're playing video games that's right. yeah like that's what i love it like i've never i've actually never heard that one kudos to your brother sean that was brilliant i've never heard that one but it's totally true like, you, you, again, this is where willpower comes in. You don't have to have any willpower when it's not near you. This is where I tell some people, I'm like, just don't bring that food in your house. Start there. Start, start your decision at the grocery store. Don't, and they're like, oh, but I want it sometimes. Okay, then make a trip to the grocery store that day and go get one bag of chips. Let's make it inconvenient, too, by the way, and then you'll do it less as well. Absolutely. Like it's, it's so, right. And yeah. you and you wonder Simple how many solution. yeah and you wonder how many times you wouldn't make that trip. I know I wouldn't. You know, if it's not in my house, I'm no. But right, but if it's in, I'm my, a lazy eater. That's right. So am I, and that's why we just don't buy it. Um, I know a guy that was a tri triathlete, and he was training for an Ironman, 
And what he would literally do is he would clean his, he, when he started training um, really seriously, he would clean his entire house out of all food. And he would go to the store once a day for the food that he was going to buy that day. And oh. when it was gone, it was gone. And I got to tell you, I've never went that extreme, but I got to tell you, I could see myself having to do that because it's really hard for me to say no when that food is in my house. Yeah, well, because so you're re you're relying on your willpower at that point, and willpower has been proven over and over and over again to be a finite resource. And I, I equate it to a cell phone battery. The later in the day it gets, the less willpower you have. That's why we make worse decisions the later it gets at night. Like, this is no surprise. We eat worse. We, we we treat other people worse. Like we'll drink more, and not we'll drink alcohol more. Like you're not making good decisions. So it's like. Take that out of the equation. I'm about to. I have two clients that are starting uh, not next week, the following week. I'm gonna go raid their pantry. I already told them. I'm like, I'm going in your pantry. I'm taking all your stuff. And they're like, really? I said, yeah, because you guys can't be trusted. And they're like, they're like, cool, we're in. I have another client. Yeah, I have another client. I did it. I did it right now, actually. He, I told him this last week, and I just checked in with him today. He a problem um, with his scale because like I, scale is a, is a measurement, right? But it's a, an, an inaccurate measurement. Right, muscle weighs more than fat. Like right. body composition, all these different things. I said, stop getting on your scale. He's like, I've been doing this. He's like, I, I'm on my scale twice a day. I've been on my scale twice a day for like ten years. Cool. What you're gonna do? I was like, do you have storage? Yes. I was like, do you have a box? You can, do you have a lock box? Yes. Get your scale, put it in storage, lock it in the box. You're, I was like, you make it so difficult for you to go after that scale that it's it's. And he, I, he, I talked to him today. So this is four days since I talked to him last. He hasn't touched the scale once. That's and awful. he's like, you don't know how hard it is, but he's like, it's so hard. He's like, I'm not going to go to my storage unit to go get it. I said, perfect. That's right. There you we, go. There's your tool. We have to go to extremes like that. Uh, David, unfortunately, we we have to wrap things up. we got 15 seconds or so, so I'm going to wrap it up. And uh, yeah. I appreciate you being on. Man, we got to have you on again because this is some this is some really, really powerful stuff. We appreciate you uh, being on the show, and uh, we will be in touch. Yes, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Love what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work.